Peace, family. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to season two, episode five of Air the Fuck Out. Thank you so much for spending a block and coming back this week for this discussion. Thank you for your listens. Thank you for your shares, your comments, your follows. Keep in mind that this is not a traditional podcast. It's not going to be politically correct. Nevertheless, let's get it. Hey y'all, it's your girl, Queen Smoke. Many of you may be wondering why I chose a podcast as my platform. To keep it real with you, I don't want to be looked at. I want to be listened to. I know that if I got your attention, that I can get into your mind. Now, I'm going to need all the bitches, all the niggas, and all the bitch niggas to leave the building. Because it's time to air it the fuck out. This week, we're going to talk about dysfunctional parenting and how it affects the Black community in 2023. My co-host this week is... Your girl, Ray Ray. Welcome, 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 Ray Ray. The discussion I want to get into today is um, dysfunctional parenting and just how it affects our community as a whole. When I say the word dysfunctional, I mean not operating normally or properly, unable to function normal or properly, of or characterized by abnormal or impaired psychosocial functioning. When we talk about dysfunction, one or both parents have addictions or compulsions that have strong influences on other family members. One or both parents use the threat or application of physical violence as the primary means of control. When we talk about addictions or compulsions, this could be drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, gambling, overworking, etc. In highly dysfunctional families, respect is blind obedience, that whole because I said so narrative. Respect is not challenging authority. Respect is not asking questions. Respect is never challenging family norms, how you dress or who you partner with or what you believe. Respect is that the elders can treat you however they want, and you must show respect in return. Black children are almost at the bottom of the totem pole. Respect is limited boundaries with authority. Respect is based on age instead of maturity or behavior. Respect is only given when you do things right. Getting into it, Ray Ray, what type of family do you have or do you come from? Is it dysfunctional? Is it functional? Is it a combination? Is it... What can you explain about the family that you come from? I would say the family that I come from is very dysfunctional. Just like you were saying, by you saying that, like, you have to take the disrespect because of your age, because you're younger. That just flashbacks into staying in a child's place. Like, you know, like children don't have feelings, emotions, and questions, you know what I mean? Instead of them answering it, it's just easier to be like, oh, you'll find out when you get older, or stay in a child's place. And I feel like that's not giving the plant water to grow. Mm-hmm. You're not, you got to not feeding it the proper knowledge, you know what I mean? The proper food that it needs. So I feel like what the dysfunction is just continues through generation, generation. And it gets to the point where one kid gets curious and be like, why? And then you just be like, cause I said so, instead of actually explaining, you know, the pros and cons, like, well, your mom went through it before and this is what happened to me. So I want you to learn from it. They don't do none of that. Just, oh, cause I said so, you need to listen, you know? 
definitely, we definitely come from a family of dysfunction. I feel like on both maternal and paternal side, as far as not wanting to understand and gain knowledge to do things better, but being so stuck and so negative and so almost trapped in quicksand, so into their ways and behaviors and attitudes, negative attitudes, and um, that is very difficult to even see or to take in any new ways of doing things, new healthy behaviors. Our family lacks a lot of accountability as a whole, lacks a lot of responsibility. You know what I mean? Men and women across the board really not owning up to anything and playing a part of upbringings, you know, that really affects everything that you do, especially when you're very close knit family. One person or one person, one person's attitude or behavior and the way they carry themselves affects the family as a whole. How did it affect you? In what ways did it affect you coming from a dysfunctional family? Um, I feel like it was just... I would say one thing would be like seeing, even though I have my dad in my life, I still do, by the grace of God, you know, I'm grateful for that, extremely blessed. But even though my dad was there my whole life, you know, 31 years and counting, seeing the women around me, like the dad's not being there, I automatically assumed like, oh, when I get older, I'm just not going to be with anybody. I'm going to be a typical baby mama, you know? So I feel like that was just certain things that are ingrained in you by being around dysfunction. And when you're that age, you don't really know it's dysfunction. You just think that it's normal and a part of life, which is not, you know? Absolutely. I feel when we talk about the black community and what's normal behavior, dysfunction has been normalized in our community across the board. Like you said, as far as the epidemic of fatherless homes and no really male guidance and no male figures, me growing up at my young age, just thinking that, you know, because all six of us had daddy present that everybody did, going to school and like getting asked all the time, like you guys have the same last name. You guys have the same dad and your dad, how's your dad? Is he nice? Like all the children were curious, you know, dad did PTA, he volunteered, but just his persona, just who he was, you know, really mattered. It really mattered. It really affected us in a, in a positive way. I feel like when we talk about dysfunction, it's conflict, misbehavior, and even abuse by family members is very common other family members accommodate to the behavior of, you know, that's just such and such, or that's just so-and-so. I feel like that's the biggest mishap of black families to accommodate negative and nasty behavior and not ever challenge somebody or call them out on the way that they're kind of portraying the family, portraying their own image, portraying the family and just using it as, Oh, that's just them. Do you ever experience that in your family? That's just such a such. That's just something. So, a lot of coddling and accommodating that nasty and negative, dysfunctional behavior. Absolutely, I do. It's always that. It's pretty much lack of accountability. Oh, that's just them, or that's just you know the way they are. They've always been like that, and I feel like yeah, to a certain extent, it's true. But you got to realize that when we become adults, or you know, young adults, as we're going and transitioning into from our teens and blossoming into our 20s and our 20s into our 30s, it comes to a certain point in time where you have kids, you don't have kids, where you're responsible for your own healing. 
So you can't keep saying, oh, that's just that person or that's just that person. So if they make that conscious choice that they don't want to be around you, I feel like they have that right. You know what I mean? Because you have to protect your peace at this point. Like, you could tell somebody something over and over and over. If they don't want to see it, and oh, that's just them, though. You know what I mean? When I do it, it's World War II. Like, oh, you're not like that. Like, how dare you? You're better than that. Right. No, I'm not better than that. That's just me now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We blossom, we change. Forget the dumb crap. Like, that's just me. Why can't th- why can't that be me? When it's me, it's like, oh, no, you're better than that. But when it's them, oh, that's just them. Well, if I'm better than that, why can't they be better than that, too? You know what I mean? Yes, of course. Just going into, like, when, you know, you see all these memes of, like, family pick and choose of who they want to be family with or things like that, just not holding everybody to that standard, not accepting everyone's best, but allowing them, since they family and we got to stick together and we going to be there anyway and we all we got, allowing that to stunt so many people in the family's growth knowing that you always got me in your life no matter how you act no matter what you do you know what i mean it's no consequence of you showing your ass <laughs> of you not having control of yourself and i remember taking psychology i'm not a professional by no means we know that but taking a psychology class i asked a professional my psychologist she was a psychologist and my teacher as well you know but she pretty much said that we tend to do that because we know that our family is going to always be there you know like our parents, our sisters, our brothers, we kind of take our anger out on them because we know like no matter what, they're going to always be there at the end of the day, which is not true. Because again, like I said before, people who get tired, they do have the right to be like, I don't want to be a part of your life no more, you know, or you don't, I don't want you a part of mine. So, but we tend to do that. And I caught myself doing that before, like, oh, my mom, my sisters, you know, my siblings and stuff like, oh, I'm going to just do this. But at the end of the day, it's like, they have that right if they want to mess with me. If I don't want them in my life and it's not healthy to me or my family, you know, my intermediate family, the family I'm trying to create, or even just me, my peace, myself, you know, I feel like they have that right. But because it's family, we'll be like, oh, well, they're, they they got to be here. They're family. They're going to always be here regardless, which isn't necessarily true nowadays because family, we can't pick them, but we can choose them. And that's absolute facts, you know, because when it gets into our community, our children, they believe it's normal. They believe it's normal to see to hear arguments, to hear violence, to see violence, to, you know, always feel like they are uneasy, to always feel like they're in fear and scared. And a lot of adults aren't able to control their own emotions. So they're not being really aware of the fact that they're traumatizing their children over and over, day in and day out. You know, the parents are preoccupied with their own issues to really be concerned about their children's issues or their ch- how it affects their children. And most of the time when a lot of people get out of these nasty and volatile relationships, it's too late, you know? It's it's too late and there's no going back. I always say for children, there's no redos. You, they don't get a redo. You can't rewind time. There's no second chance. So you have to make sure that for them and for their sake and for their peace of mind and for their mental, physical, psychological, emotional, social well-being, that you truly pay attention to what you're exposing them to at such a malleable and young age. Some signs that you are in a dysfunctional family. And Ray Ray, please, if you want to add any um, any comments, stop me at any time, okay? So they are verbally or physically abusive. They make you feel that you can never do or say anything right. They gaslight you. A lack of empathy. They play victims to circumstances that they create. You feel uncomfortable when they are around. 
they put you down, more than they lift you up. They use personal information against you. They try to control you. They are judgmental. You feel like you're walking on eggshells so you don't upset them. They have anger issues. They exhibit passive aggressive behavior, AKA the silent treatment. Endless and unnecessary arguments. They try to isolate you from friends and other family members. They use manipulation for their personal gain. They spread gossip because they love turning people against each other, especially family. They make you unhappy and feel and make you feel bad about yourself. Rory, do any of these sound like some of the behaviors of your family? Yes, because those are all like different signs of dysfunction, you know, so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us like that. You always look back and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have told them how I feel because it hurts them, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing like it's about me. My life matters too, you know, it's my life. I feel like they'd be like, oh, even having a dysfunctional parent, you know, oh, I shouldn't have told my dad that because now when he get mad or he get upset or even under the influence, he gets up, you know, he tells my business to everybody or mm-hmm. My mom tell my business to everybody and she don't really give me any privacy and you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. I feel like that's just that dysfunction can cause chaos and just depression and sadness, you know, and lack of healing. And I feel like in a way, when you have a parent that's like that, you know, dysfunction, you have family around you, when you do try to get your healing, you do try to come to the point of like, okay, I'm gonna try to focus on myself and try to work on myself and heal myself, then they think like, Oh, you being funny or you think you're better than us, or you know what I mean, that you're standing up for yourself and you taking a stand like I don't want to be in this dysfunction I'm trying to break these generational curses you know mm-hmm. most definitely I feel like it always takes courage when somebody wants to end that pattern in that cycle when you just want to start anew I'm not saying you're gonna abandon everything you learned to your family because of course family is your rock and your foundation and it's everyone's start you know where we come from where our seeds are planted our roots where our roots are planted and where we bear fruit and bear seeds, you know what I mean? So I feel like just abandoning everything that you know is going to be not problematic, but you don't ever want to leave the good. You take the good things. Like I always even, I say that all the time. My childhood, I had a, I really feel like I had a great childhood. Traumatized, don't get me wrong. It's, it's life, but my childhood was great. I had great connections, great attachments. And I just feel like some things children don't need to see and hear and be around you know so just not having boundaries and family not respecting children's boundaries because like i mentioned before especially in the african-american community children are on the bottom of the totem pole as far as their respect a lot of children in households across the country across the world they experience so much trauma being so young being so little and naive and they don't get a chance to thrive when in they're trying to survive, you know? So people often, like you said, you know, children should be seen and not heard is also another common phrase. And it's also just like not giving children the respect that they deserve and the grace to really be open and to say how they truly feel without taking it as disrespect, you know, without taking it as um, that you think you smarter, you acting smarter, you being disrespectful but really taking heed of what a a child is saying, what a young person is saying, and really taking into account, like Ray said, this is their life and experience too. A lot of black parents disregard their children's feelings. 
they minimize how they truly feel. And, you know, it's really, it has a lot of effects. Some of those effects, you know, just a a disrupted sense of trust, you know, in yourself and others and in the world. If you are, are silenced as a child, you won't be able to make those big decisions about your life. Where to go to college and if I should date this person, if they're good for me or if I should take the job in this other state because you're always paralyzed by what, by what your family's going to think or what if I fail and my family's going to make fun of me. Oftentimes in the black community, families are, are, are our greatest, our first bullies. Our first bullies, they expose the insecurities that, you know, they expose, expose our flesh and our vulnerabilities and the things that we trust. And so oftentimes, Black adults are limited or they're paralyzed by what they feel like they can't do because the people that are supposed to to build you up to make you feel like you can fly have told you that you ain't shit. You know what I mean? Or the people that have are supposed to make you feel like you're on cloud nine don't even lift you up, you know, off the cement. I feel like a lot of it is like manipulation, you know, too. Like they just want to keep control and keep them those family members close to them, you know, like even when, like I said earlier, when they try to say, oh, I'm going to work on myself or try to find healing for myself, you know, they're like, oh, how dare you? You turn your back on the family. You don't love me. And you know what I mean? And it's like they feel guilty. So they come back and be like, okay, well, I'll work on myself later. You know what I mean? Which leads again to depression, sadness, anger, mm-hmm. resentment, you know? So I feel like you got to give these people credit when they're trying to break these generational curses because it's hard to turn the other cheek and be like, no, I'm not going to do that because you literally have the whole entire family against you. Absolutely. And just, you know, your parents being dysfunctional, they're supposed to be the blueprint for what you, how you emulate your life. Not saying you're going to do everything that your parents do verbatim, but you're going to take a lot of their influence. A lot of, they influence a lot of your decision-making. Even when people say, I'll never be like my mom. I'll never be like you. I'll never be like my pops. I'll never be like you. They still grow up even if they don't, recognize and get the whatever kind of you know help they need counseling therapy just journaling whatever whatever helps whatever brings them that peace and that healing that understanding if they don't address it then it's going to carry on leading to difficult dating and forming healthy relationships not being able to trust not being able to be vulnerable. If your family, like I said, was your first bully, how can you connect with other adults outside the world? How can you connect and make friendships, make make solid bonds when your family is dysfunctional? How can you maintain a solid, intimate relationship if you all you know is violence and disrespect? It's, it has an increased um, risk of alcohol and drug abuse because you have to find a way to cope. And mo- oftentimes, it's not healthy, healthy coping me- mechanisms. It's always feeding to those addictions, like I said, of the generational pattern and the pathology of sickness and disease and addiction in black families. Increased risk of psychiatric disorders, such as anxiety, panic, and depression, as Rory mentioned. Low self-esteem. Black people have a hard time addressing mental health issues and mental health, um, you know, cries for mental health from their black youth. They don't want to feel like 
have a stigma. It's still a stigma in our community. No matter how much we advocate for mental health, it's going to always be a stigma because nobody wants to be deemed as crazy. Low self-esteem, not having self-love, not, like I said, not being built up as a young child to know that you can conquer the world, that you are capable, that you are able, and not getting that poured into you as a youth. You go out into the world with no sense of self and no sense of identity and no sense of who you are because nobody taught you that. You have no moral compass. Difficulty in maintaining employment. Struggling to set and hold boundaries. Letting people walk all over you, thinking just because you give and give and give and give and give, that's something. That deserves respect. Like, that deserves a gold star because you deplete yourself that you are worthy. Pouring into everyone but yourself. Struggling and feeling uncomfortable and experiencing and managing emotions. No emotional regulation, no emotional control. Increased risk of having your own dysfunctional family in the future. Hence the generational curse. Not being able to run from it or hide from it or deny it because you refuse to work on it. You refuse to address it. You brush it under the rug like your grandmama did and like they grandmama did. And to keep rearing its head because, like I said, you're attached to the root. You can cut the tree down. You can take all the fruit off. You can cut all the branches off. You can cut it to the stump. But if you don't get to that root, nothing will change. Ray Ray, in the black community, when a father is absent or inconsistent with his children, how does that affect our community as a whole? I feel like it shows up in their behavior, if you know what I mean. They always be like, oh, you'll be a writer. The parents make it about themselves. I feel like it's a trauma response. Like you put your kids up in a box and shook them up and was like, okay, here you go. Uh, still live day to day, you know, still go to school, still go to the park and pretend like everything's okay when they don't have their father there, you know, their dad there. So I feel like it's very, very traumatic to them. Like when parents die or fathers die or people pass away, it's like, it's so final. You know what I mean? It's so, there's no more like, oh, we're going to get back together, be one big happy family, because that's like, if it gets to that point to where you're walking away and you're like, you know, whatever I'm not here for my kids, I feel like that's like very traumatic for me being 24 years old and my parents getting a divorce way when I was older, or, you know, I could have been married myself, had a family of myself, of my own, you know? And for my parents to have that and for me to be 24 and still be, you know, an adult, it was hard on me. So imagine me being 10 or me being eight or, you know, seven, six, five. Like I've always seen my whole life, my family together. Then one day, oh, no, they just split up. So I feel like that's a trauma response. And respond to that, I'm going to, what's the point of me doing good? What's the point of me keeping my grades up? What's the point of me doing good in soccer or football or tennis or whatever I mean? What's the point of me doing good in extracurricular activities? What's the point of me respecting people if my world is falling apart and y'all seem not to care? Because y'all be like, oh, well, you're going to go to your dad's, you're going to go to your dad's mom or your auntie. You know what I mean? They don't want that. They want their father. So I feel like it's just a big old trauma, traumatic. I feel like it's, it's, it's really traumatic to your kids. I think so many people um, don't understand a family unit because so many households are just um, headed by single mothers, you know, black women. And I feel like when you don't see a black man in that role, in that position of being the lead of household provision and protect, providing and being provision over his children, protecting his children and guiding his youth, sons and daughters, you know, made mistakes, a man of wisdom. I feel like when when a home lacks a father, it's like the head is gone. You chop the head off of any living thing. And it will, it, so it shall surely die. Nothing can stay living with their hair gone. 
even if it's they living for hours, days, months, whatever I'm saying, can't live for a lifetime. So what happens with these households is fathers and their structure, the structure that they bring, excuse me, the masculine, the masculine energy that they bring into the home, the structure, the discipline, the logical sense. Your mother's a nurturer. Your father's going to be the emotional, the one that teach you how to get out of your emotions, the one that teach you how to regulate your emotions. That'll be your father. Your father's going to give you the discipline and the structure that your mother can't. Your father's going to be the backbone of the home. When that is taken out the home, what happens when you take the backbone out of anything? It's flimsy. So already standing on a flimsy ground, a woman is expected to do all these things. The father's absent, popping in and popping out, inconsistent or just not there at all. This harms children. Like you mentioned, Ray Ray, when a lot of people don't make it about children, they make it about their personal feelings. Anytime you choose your personal feelings over your child's best interest, be re- be ready to reap what you sow. Be ready for your children to lack lack courage and lack self-esteem and lack identity. If you're a man out there and you don't have a relationship with your children, but you guys sometimes go after these women real hard, raise these animals real hard, start families. You know, you didn't, you didn't have, you had a baby with your sneaky link and she didn't mean anything to you. So you're not there for that child. No matter relationship status, first of all, you should know that, you know what I mean? You, your seed is a legacy. You don't want to plant your seed on a certain ground. You don't want to plant your seed on a fertile ground. So it's always good to take into account that, you know what I mean? If you don't love a woman, don't make a baby with her. If you don't love a woman, don't lay down with her. Don't have sex with her. But a lot of men, they think with the little head, not the big head. A lot of these women just open legs, don't even think. You don't have a good relationship. A lot of our culture lacks sexual discipline because we thrive off of hookups. That sex sells. But people don't want to tell you about the consequences of sex is broken homes. Children that have that harbor so much anger, harbor, harbor so much sadness. And the parents are too busy fussing and fighting and feuding to even understand how much it's affecting the children in school how their behavior change, how they just start caring. And once those signs are already there and children are already running amok in the community and society at school, you know, parents getting calls every other day about their child's behavior, they want to in turn blame the child. Not the circumstances that they create for this child, not the hostility that they create in this child. Blame a child for their behavior when parents are supposed to show them how to live, how, you know, children mimic what they see. A lot of bullies are at home seeing a lot of negative things. A lot of bullies have tumultuous households, dysfunctional and toxic households. So it's essential for fathers to first of all, vet the proper woman. Be with the woman who brings you nothing but peace. Be be with the woman that you don't have to prove that you're a valuable asset to a family. Be with a woman that already knows that. Stop going against what women were taught and embedded in by their mothers. I'm not saying don't date women with, with, you know, only mothers, but you want to date a well-rounded woman. Even if she did have a single mother, she knows I don't want that for myself. It's not wise to get into a relationship with hard-headed women that won't listen to you, won't respect you. You're just fighting against what should be natural. Because respect is earned. Women, find a traditional woman, find somebody that really, like I said, you don't want to have to tussle with your household. You don't want to have to tussle with the one in your household. So, fathers, it's essential that we you give us something to be proud of. We not, we're not looking for per- perfection. We're looking for progress. We're looking for to break generational curses. So, it's really essential that you take heed that you pay attention that you stop fucking any and everything walking because you're going to end up finding yourself with a hurt woman because you didn't love her 
and you made a baby with her, you created a legacy with her, and you don't plan on standing around for that legacy. Even if you choose to be a good dad, think about how you hurt women when you lie, how you hurt women and children when you deceive. Because at the end of the day, this woman's going to be raising your child. Whether you're there or not, she's going to be raising your child. What kind of household do you want your child to grow up in? What kind of mother? Because if you hurting her, best believe your child going to feel some of that, some of those cuts too. If you made your baby mother breathe, if you made the child of your mom bleed, bleed, bleed excuse me, if you cut her, your children going to get bled on too. So think about that the next time you obsessed with a fat ass or you care about somebody's skin tone or you care about long hair. Simple shit. Our community is very simple at times. Looks is all, are not all they cracked up to be. You want to make sure you're compatible with a woman. That you get to know a woman. Because a lot of women do change too after children. A lot of women change. And you get upset with yourself thinking, oh, she bitter, she bitter, she been bitter. But you was so obsessed with a fat ass, with a look, that you didn't even get to know that she was bitter. She was talking about all her baby daddies or she was talking about all her previous relationships and you went to go save her. You didn't say, wait a minute, why everything has failed. I haven't heard you say nothing nice. I didn't hear you take accountability for yourself. You, you just blame the, the next man for your pain and your hurt. A lot of women reel y'all in like that. You got to be wise. Well, what did you do? Well, why did you stay with a cheater? Why did you stay with a abuser? You guys don't even get to that part. By the time the relationship already soured, you done hit it all every which way. Now she's pregnant. And now you see why she was single when you met her. Now you see why nobody stayed in her life. So don't make it to, don't make it until you have a child to want to break up with somebody or not want to be with somebody. My baby mama crazy. You should know that. You should know about a crazy baby mama. You should know the woman is crazy. Know somebody in all their angles. I was always taught, know somebody when they broke. Know somebody when they hungry. Know somebody when they sleepy. Know somebody when they have it all. Know somebody when they ain't got nothing. So then you can decide, can I do life with this person? Because a fat ass is not going to keep you together for a lifetime. A high sex drive and a smart mouth and being disrespectful and keying your car and wanting to fight every woman you talk to and wanting to fuss and fight in front of your kids, that's not going to keep a relationship together. Ray, what do you think? Do you think a lot of our men in our community, do they rush in? Do a lot of them, are they gamed? Are they schooled? Because I feel like a lot of black men also attract mama, whatever you've seen in the household. So it ends up being that you end up recreating the same environment for your children that you were grew up, that you grew up in if you're not aware. I was just about to say that, that I feel like a lot of them aren't really like, a lot of, like me personally too, coming from personal experience, to be like, well, these are good men. Why do they choose these? You know what I mean? Bad bitches, quote unquote. Like, why do they want that aesthetic? Why is that what attracts them? Because you look at their mama and meet them and they be like, oh, because their mama a bad bitch. Or, you know what I mean? That's the aesthetic that she puts out there. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying eyelashes, wigs, makeup. That don't make you a bad person. Yeah. But when you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. I was watching um this one show. I can't remember the name of it. But I think it was like with people with anger issues. They wanted to come get help. Mm -hmm. And it was a young gentleman by the name of Jerose. You know, he was um homosexual. And he had a boyfriend, but to be honest, the way he carried himself when he's there, quiet, normal, man, you know, man mannerisms. But when he get mad and angry, that's when the, mm -hmm. you know, the B side comes out, the bad B comes out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the way he said it, he said, I get that from my mama. She always told me how to rah-rah, don't let nobody in your face. You know what I mean? Whereas your daddy gonna teach you you're a man. You don't do women tendencies. You don't carry yourself as a woman. You don't cross your legs. You don't <clears throat> smack your lips and you know how to be, girl, don't tell me that. What? What are you talking about? You know what they're, and they love that wrist flip, that wrist. Like I, I never, <laughs> growing up, I'm like, how do, you know, homosexuals or, you know, do the wrist flips and they just so animated. There you go. They're animated. But he said, I learned that from my mom. So, you know what I mean? Had he had his father, his active father in his life, 
I feel like that would make a difference and that would matter. But he says, oh, my dad is has his own family now. But I'm like, it's not his own family. You're your dad's DNA. That's your dad, no matter what. You know what I mean? And he never probably got to hear his dad's side because he only heard his mom's side. So I feel like that has something to play a part in it too. You know what I mean? So they look for a mom and their girl. Mom, who's going to do my laundry, a.k.a. Hi, girlfriend, mama. You're going to do my laundry. You're going to cook for me. You're going to clean for me. You're going to tell me that I look good. I don't have to pay no rent. I don't have to pay no bills. I'm going to just come home and the dinner's going to be done. I don't have to help the kids with the kids, right? But even before then, before the kids, you get married. And then now what? Guess what? You're a single mom that's married. So instead of four kids, you have five because now you're sad. Now you're lonely. Now you're depressed. And oh, my house is just such a mess. And you know what I mean? So I feel like it goes hand in hand. Like you, you try to ignore the red flags now when you're gonna be living in a red, red castle. Mm. Everything red. It's gonna be the blood, the blood. What is it? The bloody chamber. Mm-hmm. Blood everywhere. Oh my God! Everything red. Yeah. A massacre. When you seen those red flags and you seen everything, but you like, oh no, I'm, I'm gonna just try to make it work. Now you married, five kids down the line, six kids, however much. You know what I mean? A few kids down the line, and you like, I'm a single mom, but I'm married. I just feel like, you know, for fathers in the black community, you have to step it up. Your children's lives depend on it. Your baby mama can't do everything by herself. You should not want a baby mama. You should want a wife. You should want to break generational curses. You should take your time. You should value your body. You should value who you land with. You should value where who you're creating children with. You should take that seriously. We do not get a redo for our babies. We do not get a do-over for our babies. Be a father that pours wisdom into his children. Be a father that's thankful to be in his child's life. We have the most, statistically, black fathers are the most active in the lives of their child. If you see a homeboy, if you have a brother, if you have, you know what I mean, an uncle, cousin, friend, and they not doing what they need to do, check that man. Check that man. Don't surround yourself with men that's not there for their children. If a man could be disloyal and irresponsible in the life of his child, if a man cannot be there for his child, what makes you think that he'll be loyal to you? Food for thought. In what ways do dysfunctional black mothers um, contribute to the downfall of our community as a whole? I would say it's probably even worse than the dads because they're the mothers, they're the ones who push the kids out. You know, they be like, oh, you grew inside of me. I feel like that's just like how I said earlier, the men chase their moms. I feel like the women some women become their moms, you know what I mean? And it's just like they repeat the steps, repeat the steps. And sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to do my kids like my mom did me. But then they be like, oh, I, I went through it, so they'll be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's also traumatic because they see loving mothers. A lot of people tell me like, oh, I wish I had a mom like you. Very loving, very caring, very attentive, you know, very kind. Just taught me how to be kind. So I feel like it has a lot to do with it. If your mother don't care, you just be like, well, forget life, F it. I always heard a phrase, your mother is who, as a man or a woman, your mother makes or breaks you. And I believe that's true. Just with your identity and self-esteem, like I said, if a house is ran by just a mother, a black mother, it's going to be double the, the, you know, she has to work for two, twice as hard, twice the income, you know, twice the support, things like that. So mom may be a little frustrated and overwhelmed, but that shouldn't negate the fact that, you know, she doesn't shower her children with that love. In our community, a lot of relationships weren't, didn't begin as relationships. People, excuse me, people have this 
they have to touch the fire. A lot of people don't want to learn from other people. History will continue to repeat itself. People subconsciously, they don't get the... A lot of people in the Black community don't recover from grief that well. We continue to push on. And when you have grief of the loss of a loved one, even if they're alive, like I say, you can grieve people that's alive. So if your father isn't there, your house is just headed by your mother, your mother's frustrated or she's indulging in things to get her stress off, you know, get stress off her and in turn affecting and traumatizing you, history is due to repeat itself. You have to make a conscious decision and a conscious choice to say that I'm not my parents and I won't be like them and my child will become, will be brought into a better situation, a better environment, be brought into a family. When a mother is dysfunctional or, you know, she lacks regulation, she's temperamental, she has mood swings, and she's the only parent teaching and raising and guiding. Children mimic what they see. Everything starts at home. So you're going to have a lot of unstable, imbalanced, you know, temperamental children, males and females in the home. Mama is the rock. She's also the backbone. She's the carrier of life. She's the nurturer. A home. Children can come, become successful from two parent, from a one-parent home. Don't get me wrong. Your mother makes you thrive, but I feel like when you have both parents, when you have your father in your life, your father helps you soar. And that's just something that every child deserves, every black child deserves. It's a cold world out here. No, they not. They put a foot on necks when it comes to black kids in the very beginning. And I feel like as a parent, no matter, regardless of the relationship, you got to be there for your children. They're, they're our future. A lot of babies running amok because they feel like parents don't care. Rory mentioned earlier that a lot of parents are so consumed with hurting one another that the children fall by the wayside. It should be a collaborative relationship. It shouldn't be opposition. As parents, you should be on the same team. Even if you're not in love anymore, our children deserve to thrive. Even if we can't give them a good home, if we if we gave them a broken home, we could we should at least give them two stable and active parents that don't just put work above the children, that don't just put you know personal problems above the children, but that work together to make sure that their children that their children soar in life. Our babies are at a disadvantage because nobody is really vetting. Our children can't even see photographs of us together because it was never a full-blown relationship. Our children can't even see us getting along because we hate one another. Our children can't even have a taste of a family because by the time they get here, we can't stand one another. I feel like to be intentional, I throw that word around a lot. It's just really something that we got to take heed to. Being intentional and being patient and taking our time. You know, people always want to brag of, oh, oh you're going to be 40 years old when you have a kindergarten. You're going to be 40 years old and having a kindergartner. I feel like that's okay. 40 years is okay. You learn so much more when you're older, when you learn, when you know yourself. Why would you want to traumatize another child? Why would you want to have another dysfunctional household? Why would you want to bring a child into chaos and continue to let your bloodline bleed why don't you want to do surgery on your family on your bloodline so that you can mend that severed 
that sever, you know, that ache, that pain in that bloodline, that take that cancer out. Mothers is always going to be the most important piece of the household. The father's is the covering to the head of the household. That's very important. But a mother, she sets the tone for her house. She sets the tone for her children. She sets the tone for her man about if they feel like they're going to accomplish and conquer the world when they leave the house. Mama got to be right in the head. Mama got to be prayed up. Mama got to be taken care of, pour into self, because you can't give anything to everybody else if you can't give it to yourself. Our families need to thrive. Our families have what it takes. A lot of people were taught that the black family was a liability when it is indeed an asset. Black mothers and fathers, you're very much needed. These black babies will be lost without you. They'll be angry without your love and your nurturing and your guidance. They'll be sad without relationships with both of you. They will have no identity. They'll have conflicts eternally. So you want to make sure that you on your best behavior and that you're really trying and that you really fight all these demons. You know what I mean? Before your children get here. They don't deserve our pain. We didn't deserve it and they definitely don't deserve our pain. They deserve our healing. They deserve our full attention. They deserve our full, the full experience of having parents. So if we don't give, the, if we can't give that, I feel like we shouldn't be out here sleeping with people. If when that happens, we can't give our a hundred percent. Do you feel like there's ever a solution to kind of get us back on track as black families? so that we can be more successful. Like I said, black fathers are the most active right now than any other race in the lives of their children. But I mean, not just having children with people and saying, oh, that's my baby daddy, that's my baby mama. But I mean, if you get along well enough to lay and make a baby, I feel like children deserve you to at least try to give them a home and give them a family. Everything may not be successful, everything may not be for everyone, but once again, I feel like you should learn that and know that before you bring a child into the situation. So do you feel like there's anything that we can do to really bring that order and structure back into the home to benefit our children and our women and our men and ultimately the whole family as a unit? I would say yes. I think the first thing we can do is the vetting. Like you said, you know, shy away from red flags. Um and don't take everything as a red flag or, you know, oh, he's esty or he this, he that, because that may probably be the one for you. People always want to go outside of, or not even outside, they're afraid to go outside of their comfort zone instead of, you know, they're, oh, no, I'm going to just stay here. Or, oh, no, I'm going to just date who I'm used to. But you get the same results, you know what I mean? So the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result is insanity. I feel like they can take the time to get to know people. I feel like they can pay like $10.99, $5.99, for a background check. And see, like, oh, they was in prison for beating women or murdering a woman. You know what I mean? So there you'll have a history to see, like, okay, what kind of person is this? Because I understand time is short. I want to make a future. I want to have a family, spend the rest of my life with this person. But also, you got to know who you're spending the rest of your life with. So I feel like we take that time just to go through and, you know, see, okay, this is what it's like when he's mad in traffic. You know, okay, he didn't do too bad. He kind of was patient, maintained, you know, his composure. Okay, you know, uh, this is what it's like when he's angry. This is what it's like when he's upset. This is what it's like when he's disappointed. You know, all that stuff, get to know him. I feel like that's the main thing is vetting, vetting, vetting. You can't do enough vetting. You know what I mean? Just make sure that they're the right one. I'm not saying take 10 years, 15 years, but no, 
at least take a good six months to get to know this person. Don't move them in. Don't have them around your kids. Just take time. And realizing that sometimes fools rush in and wear rose-colored glasses and they decorate with the red flags because they want love so bad and they want it to work so bad and nobody likes wasting their time. But ultimately, we cannot play with our children. We cannot play with our own lives like that. We have to establish some type of relationship and rapport with people before we hop into bed with them. We have to establish some type of bond, some type of friendship, so that we know people for who they are. So that we know, you know, he's better off my friend. Not have a child and be like, oh, what the fuck? No, you'll never see this baby. Or not have a child with the woman and be like, oh, no, like this attitude sucks. Like get to know people in all areas of life when they at their worst and when they on their best behavior. Get to know them in all areas in between. So you're certain that we could do this life thing. You know what I mean? This is a good match for me. We blend well. Get to know people's family history. Get Have a conversation. Because the thing, you don't want to try to make it work with somebody that just, it don't work. You don't want to try to fit a triangle in a square piece. You don't want to try to fit a circle in a star-shaped piece. Because your children going to grow up with different ideals. Mama said this and daddy said that. Mama believed this and daddy believed that. When you could have just took a little more time and met somebody that had the same morals and the same values. And you know what I mean? The same ideals and the same aspirations and the same parenting style. Instead of purposefully get it, being attracted to the wrong things. Somebody's money. Somebody's looks. Somebody's assets. Somebody's genitals. You got to be attracted to somebody's heart. That's the only thing that's going to last. Because when all the sex come down, when the high come down off of that, when it's all said and done, when you start seeing people for who they really are and them nasty traits start creeping out, you're going to want to shoot yourself. You know, no pun intended. I'm saying you're going to want to hurt. You're going to be upset. You're going to be kicking yourself in the ass. You're going to be having, because you it's a lifetime commitment. It does not matter. You're going to share grandkids. You're going to have to go to prom, proms, weddings, graduations. It's a lifetime. So while you season and you can't stand this person, it's a lifetime. Think about that. Think about that. Sometimes we're so quick to give our bodies. Common sense goes out the window. Please don't wait till you have a child to get common sense back because it's not fair to them. Because it's a common theme in our community. People don't like to hear it. They don't like to hear me say it. They want to tussle with me every time I say it. But the truth is the truth is the truth. And it might hurt, but it's not going to change. Our children deserve so much more. They deserve so much better. They deserve parents who are preparing for them. They don't They don't deserve our trauma to be passed down to them. They don't deserve our low self-esteem. They don't deserve our poor choices in people. They, don't, they didn't ask to be here. They don't deserve that. The least we can do, the least we can do is find them good, a good match. You know what I mean? Find them somebody that's compatible with us. Something that I can't stand seeing, you know? When you go on the internet, you see this bomb father, you know, great father. And he's active. And he's doing things with his children. And you go to the comments, oh, I wish I had that. Oh, must be nice. Like, you could have had it. It is nice. Take your time. There's no magical pill. Those are no magical trick. There's no magical child that's going to make somebody that's been lying to you, been irresponsible, been letting you down, been disappointing, been disappointing you. It don't matter how cute your baby is. That's not going to change nobody to all of a sudden become daddy of the year. If she's shaking her ass every day, running the streets, 
bad bitch is her life. Please don't think that having a baby gonna settle her down and make her all of a sudden cook breakfast every morning and tend to your child. You gotta be realistic. Find somebody who matches you. Relationships are supposed to be stable. They're supposed to be boring. That's how you know you have a good one. All this fake excitement is just trauma. All these fake ride or die, that's trauma bonds. Learn healthy relationships. Learn great bonds. And get out of trauma. Stop loving for survival and love to thrive. Love to anchor your family. Because if we're not breaking generational curses, what are we doing? What are we doing?